1: it's a boot time eh looks like the canadian people finally woke up they're in the process of setting a guinness world record for the longest truck convoy of all time and they could do it with maybe 10 or even 20 times the number of trucks that were one that that were in the one that was uh, set in Egypt. I think they had 480 trucks there back in November 2020. Uh, truckers hate uh, in, in Canada. The truckers uh, hate the vaccine mandate for for all truckers crossing the border into and out of the United States, and then they have a 14-day quarantine when they get back into Canada from the U.S. They hate that too. And in case you've forgotten, just how ridiculous things are up there in Canada. Listen to this from. The CBC, uh, this is Canadian state TV, by the way. This is what they're dealing with in Quebec.
2: Big box stores that have a footprint of 1,500 square meters uh, or more are going to have to ask people, customers, to show proof of vaccination. Now, pharmacies and grocery will be exempt from this. So if you're going into a Costco or a Walmart or something like that, where you might be going in uh, to buy groceries or visit the pharmacy, uh, in that case, an employee will have to be with that person as they walk through the store to make sure that they do not go uh, and buy other products or other items that might be in the store.
1: That makes perfect sense. That seems normal, doesn't it? Oh, boy. And when you get into the stores, you see lots of empty shelves, by the way. Uh, and after the break, we're going to talk to our man on the ground in Canada. That would be Joe Warmington. He's of the Toronto Sun. We're going to find out from him how the citizens are reacting to that convoy up there and the ongoing stupidity that the convoy is hoping to uh, put an end to and also uh, get an idea of just uh, how the government is replying, uh, responding to all that. And in our second half hour, speaking of stupidity, uh, Justice Justice Stephen Breyer was pushed into retirement by the Democrats, and Kamala Harris's name is being thrown around as a possible replacement. Can you imagine that giggle in the courtroom during the session? Anyway, we're going to talk to an expert on the Supreme Court about that and what else to expect. Stick around.
0: With Joe Biden and the radical Democrats pushing their socialist agenda, Pennsylvania needs to send a conservative fighter to the United States Senate. Carla Sands is a MAGA conservative who served on President Trump's foreign policy and economic teams. With deep roots in central Pennsylvania, Carla Sands shares our conservative values. Carla Sands is a Christian and a pro-life mom who will defend the unborn. Carla Sands is a job-creating businesswoman. Who will cut our taxes and get Washington off the backs of our small businesses. Carla Sands is a constitutional conservative who will protect our First and Second Amendment rights. And Carla Sands is a law and order conservative who will fight to finish President Trump's wall, crack down on election fraud, and stop Fauci's tyranny. MAGA conservative Carla Sands. She'll put America and Pennsylvania
2: first. I'm Carla Sands, and I approve this message. Paid
0: for by Sands for Senate.
1: It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and a Inspection today at Windows Us Pittsburgh.com. That's Windows Us Pittsburgh.com.
3: The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to PureTalk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data, you can get that and still save save a fortune. So make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys, but at half the price. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code off. Switch to PureTalk and get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month because PureTalk is simply smarter wireless. At paid for by This
0: is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to the COVID crisis, we are announcing a low-cost extended service plan that's now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay nothing for auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay nothing for auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-959-4526 now. Drivers who are covered by this auto protection will not have to pay for a covered repair bill again. This auto coverage is at an all-time low, much lower than what dealerships are charging. Additionally, drivers who activate this auto coverage today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and free rental car at no additional cost. Call for your free quick quote today. Call 800-959-4526. 800-959-4526. What do you have to lose? Call 800-959-4526 now. Visit us on the web at
3: CompleteCar.com.
0: This is the John Stikerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM. 92.5, the answer.
1: Well, maybe the Canadians have had enough. Uh, Actually, they don't have enough of a lot of things because there are a lot of empty shelves up there. We've been following the situation up there closely since the COVID hysteria began because the government response there has been much worse than it has been here. And I've always thought it's a good example of how bad it could get here if we don't watch out and probably how bad it would get if the Democrats uh, could have their way. But there are thousands of truck drivers on the road right now and they have a message for their government. Joe Warmington is a reporter and columnist for the Toronto Sun. He's been our go to guy up there in Canada and he joins us now. Joe, thanks for coming on again.
4: Well, it's good to be with you, John. It's uh each time I come on, I mean I'm sure your listeners shake their head at, at Canada. I mean, basically it's kinda like this ice prison now. And yeah. and they've made it even worse where both well, U.S. truckers and Canadian truckers, this is the biggest uh, border, you know, trading border in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And now they can't go through unless they're, they're, I think, mean, triple vaccinated. They have this vaccine passport. And, you know, basically, if, if you uh, have an independent truck, you're in the truck, it should be your choice. I mean, there's no law saying that you have to do it, but they make them have to quarantine for 14 days. So, you know, we've got this massive convoy. It's going from the west. There's also some coming from the east, all heading to the capital in Ottawa. It's rolling, and it's, it's huge. I mean, different reports. Uh, it's hard to know for sure, but we've never seen anything like it. And this weekend in Ottawa, the prime minister is going to get a message.
1: So where are the trucks now, as far as you know? And, and, and um, what's their route to Ottawa? I saw somewhere that they're going to be coming through southern Ontario, which would take them close to Buffalo. Uh, where they could pick up some American trucks on the way up to Ottawa.
4: There's some American trucks coming through Buffalo and also through Windsor, Detroit. So the convoys are coming from different directions, but the big one that everyone's kind of following is the one that started in British Columbia and went across the country. And it, you know, some people say it's 70 kilometers long. I don't know if that. It sounds that would be a world record by 10 times. Yeah. But I talked to somebody in it today, and he said that. It's hard to tell, but he, he he thinks it could be 30 kilometers long. He says he's never seen anything like it. I talked to a woman. Uh, I'm writing my call about it right now. Her name is Natasha Finley. She's from Dryden, Ontario, which is on Highway 17, the Trans Canada there. She said that it took two hours for it to roll through the little town. And she said that's something that they've never seen before. So I don't know. Two hours. I don't know what that is. That's a pretty long convoy. Of course, yeah. it's long-haul trucks, John, but it's also people that are tagging along and supporting it so they're all heading down and you know whether they go through the the greater toronto area or whether they stay kind of in northern ontario and head through north bay sudbury down through deep river chalk river into ottawa through the 417 i think that's the the fastest route um it'll be you know so i they're supposed to be there saturday sunday it's going to be pretty well i mean i don't know how you can get all these trucks in there easily there's only a couple roads into ottawa
1: yeah, I can't stand to be behind one truck on the highway. I, I can't it has to be shutting everything down on those roads. Uh, you I mean, you're talking about uh, what of uh, uh, 500 trucks, something like that, maybe more? Thousands oh, I think
4: ch- it's more than that. I mean, I think it would be in the thousands for sure. It, you know, some people estimate, you know, I think the 50,000 estimate's way too high, but I I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Six or 7,000 trucks, something like that. It'll be, if it's what people who are in it say, We it will be a world record. And, you know, Ottawa and Canada have never seen anything like it. I think, you know, in addition to the vaccine mandates and those issues, I think people are just fed up with it. They're fed up with the Prime Minister. They're fed up with all the mandates. You know, they're fed up with him calling everybody who doesn't get vaccinated racist and misogynist and extremist and these kinds of things. So... You know, he's going to take off for the weekend on vacation. He's trying to shift the gear over to the Ukraine thing. But this is going to happen, and and people are, you know, going to be in Ottawa, and I don't think he's going to mess it.
1: So are they planning to show up at his house?
4: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, he, he lives in what they call the Rideau Cottage. It used to, 24 Sussex is kind of the, the residence the Prime Minister, but it's, you know, under disrepair like so many things in Canada. They can't figure out how to get it repaired. So he lives on the the same grounds as our governor general, which is our head of state, which is the Queen's representative here in Canada. And so he's living in there. I don't think they'll be able to get in there. People have tried to get in there before. That's what everyone's afraid of, too, is that, you know, the January 6th thing that you uh, dealt with in the United States. Obviously, that's a narrative that the the people who don't like the truckers and don't like the, you know, the what they call anti-vaxxers or, you know, the people that have chosen not to. To get the vaccine that kind of equate them to being rednecks and kind of January 6 kind of uh, people but you know with January 6, as you know, most of the people were there peaceful. There's was just a, you know a few hundred or a few thousand that went a little bit uh, too far there, quite a bit too far. but people are concerned about that here I mean on all sides. nobody wants to see any violence it's got to be lawful and peaceful or it's going to fail
1: well there I've seen videos of uh, cheering crowds on the highways and you say people are, are tagging along I guess cars following along with it so if if they took a pull, or have they taken a poll to show what the populace feels how they feel about this is it a is it, it, almost uh, 50-50 feels, it or is it
4: feels like a, it almost feels like a, a like you just put one down the middle of the plate for me to hit into the upper deck because I'm expecting that poll. And I'm sure it's going to say that Canadians are against this. I'm I'm waiting for that poll. But let me tell you something. I'll tell you the best poll. Is that more than 65,000 people have donated $6 million on the GoFundMe page, which is uh, in the top 10 in the history of GoFundMe. Wow. In addition to that, on the Facebook page, and you can go on there, they've got 600,000 people logged on to that that are members of it. So there's your polling. Yeah, uh, and, you and what's the population the party, of Canada? You know, Canada can pretend, but the, the, the polling is the Canadians, you know, grassroots
1: Canadians are supporting this. Yeah, and so what's the population of Canada right now? I think it's like 38 million. So 600,000, uh, thats like that would be like 6 million people in the United States signing on.
4: Well, it, there's a lot of support for it, and, and there are people that don't like it as well. Obviously, the Liberal government's worried about this because they've never had to deal with anything like this. In the case of Prime Minister Trudeau, he he generally wins even when he loses. So he's had all kinds of scandals, and he's been wrong in them. But the media, like, um, you know, uh, obviously he's the son of, of an iconic uh, former Prime Minister, things like that. So. For all the moves that the people that don't like him have, he has moves as well. He's very, very good at it, and he has a lot of help. The media love him. The institutions love him. The people that, you know, he spends a lot of money. you mean, know, a lot of
1: money. Well, I was going to ask you that about the media coverage. I haven't seen much media coverage here in the United States. If I, I put up on Twitter today that well, I felt, if you know, maybe if it were a, a convoy supporting abortion rights, it might get... It might get more um, coverage here in the United States, but I just don't, I haven't seen a lot of discussion about it, and there's some great video for any TV station of, of you know, that number of trucks rolling down the highway, it deserves at least some mention. I I, I haven't seen a lot about it.
5: Well, what about you, there?
4: no, there's, there's been probably more in the United States, ironically, than in Canada. Basically, what happened in Canada was they just said, this is a you know, group of white supremacists that are... Coming to Ottawa, and they're going to do the January 6th thing. Now, in the United States, Joe Rogan has dealt with it on his podcast. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. has mentioned it. Um, Theo Fleury was on with um, Laura Ingr- Ingram on Yeah, former uh, Fox, hockey player, Fox. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I think, I think it's picking up some steam in the U.S., but everything in the U.S., when you go on an American shows, like you're one of the very few that's sort of interested in Canada and just talk about it in the context of Canada. But You know, most of them, they they sort of talk about, well, what could happen in the United States, which is fine. I think it could happen. You know, the one thing that I've learned and I've always known about the supply chain. And I never really knew much about it. But I'll tell you something that I know now, because I live in Mississauga, which is a suburb of Toronto. And the grocery stores have empty shelves for the first time. And they say, ah, there's nothing to see here. Yeah, there's nothing to see there. Is right. I've lived here all my life. I've never once in 37 years as a reporter before that ever saw ever empty shelves. And now the liberal government is telling you, you know, don't worry about it. There's nothing to this. It's your, actually your eyes are deceiving you. No, they're not deceiving. I mean, they've actually had liberal ministers and liberal members put out tweets like that, that, you know, the media's, social media's trying to stir it up. I go to the, the store and I put it on my Twitter if anybody wants to see it. There's tons of pictures. It's been like this for weeks. I'm not saying every grocery store is empty, although some of them apparently are. But when you start having empty shelves in your grocery stores, it's okay to ask some questions. And I think that's what, what's happening here. If these trucks actually do stop the supplies from coming across and they block the roads and things like that, the next couple of weeks could be very interesting on both sides of the border.
1: Yeah, what is it about, uh, you know, the the oppression by the Trudeau government uh, has been North Korea-like up there. I've been talking about it and, and making sure that people know about it. Because it's only three and a half hours from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, and I do think that, I think that what is happening up where you guys are, where you are right now, is what the Democrats here would be perfectly fine with if they could get away with it. Oh,
4: it's the great, re- great reset. And it's and it's also globalism, and it's also you know the whole um, you know climate change agenda.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's that's what I of mean. It's nailed
4: in that, and I think that that's it's certainly for for Prime Minister Trudeau, it, it's about all of that. Uh, it's way more complicated in the United States because even though I'm surprised how far left you know Washington has become, and but you still have all those states' rights, and every state is different. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I know I the United States, I mean, I, you know, I'm very close. I love the United States and I've spent a lot, I've been to many, many states and probably 35 states as a reporter. But the one thing that, that really troubles me there is how there's this great division. You know, it certainly was some of that manifest itself in the Trump years, but it was like that in the Bush years too. And I don't like that because I think everybody should be American. I think everybody should be Canadian. Mm-hmm. If both of you want, you can disagree politically. But, but it's not like that anymore. It's like there's two societies. And until until they stop doing that and start working together, and they haven't done it during the pandemic. They've even got the divisions there. They all do it. Even though the vaccine you know hasn't worked for Omicron and all that, they're still forging ahead as if it, it does work. And if you say anything, hey, well, is it working? Are you sure? they not have to do that. They tell you to shut up and you're a racist. And so... We've got problems, and, uh, you know, I I guess uh, the supply chain thing, really, if you look at it, though, when you start seeing empty shelves, you say, okay, well, there's nothing to see, here." what if tomorrow there's another empty shelf, and then some small town has no food? This is the middle of winter, and it's not just food. Fuel, you know, parts, steel, all of that, you know, you're from that area that knows all about this. Yeah. So, it's like... um, You know, all of this commerce and stuff happens. It just, you know, we kind of like take it for granted. But it actually is a process. And you start mucking around with it. God knows where you're going to end up. I think it's dangerous stuff. I think they should stop it. My feeling, John, is that they should end the pandemic mandates immediately. Everybody be careful. Uh, You know, take the vaccine if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to. There's therapeutics if you want to. Be careful. If you're home, you know, you're sick, stay home but stop messing around with the golden goose because the minute you destroy it, I've been all over the world. I've been to third world countries. I've been to communist countries as a reporter. And there's places that don't have food on the shelves. So I've been to Cuba to cover stories. I've been to Ukraine. I've seen it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there, there's This is real. I mean, we take it for granted in America and Canada. We have like three countries, but I don't know why... Why some people in you know, other parts of the world get to decide? You know, George Solos or a guy like that, uh, Klaus Schwab or, or whoever. Why don't they mind their own business? I mean, we've we've done pretty well here between America and Canada. Done really well. Yeah. Great countries, the best countries in the whole world. And why do we need to mess with it? We're doing okay. Right. We're good people, hardworking people. And so, you know, I think that that's what this convoy is about. And. You know, I hope it doesn't go south. I hope there's not the infiltrators and provocateurs that are, you know, encouraging people to go in like you saw January 6th.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Nothing would surprise me, though, because all the stakes are on this for Prime Minister Trudeau. But I don't, you know, the smoke lies with him. He usually wins.
1: Um, we're talking to Joe Warmington. He's a reporter and columnist for the Toronto Sun. And up in Canada, they have what looks to be uh, at least a little bit of a revolt going on up there. Um do you? Uh... We've had a
4: few of those, John. You know, we've had like we've had the the Adamson barbecue revolt. Remember that one? And you know, the yeah. guy said, "Look, I'm going to open my restaurant." Well, they had a hundred police officers, and, you know, fifteen horses, and they arrested him. And you know, I've seen other people being arrested and have their heads smashed to the sidewalk, and you know, really, really rub it in. Like for what? For what? Want to serve a sandwich? Yeah. Or a yeah. coffee? And you know, we have a dystopian 1984 kind of life now. And people are shrugging their shoulders and go, well, that's the way it is. But I'm telling you, it's the way it is until they come and do it to you. And they've done it to Americans and Canadians. They're, they're running around getting a third shot. Nobody said anything about that. That was conspiracy theory.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And no one's allowed to say, hey, how come this thing's not working? How come I still got COVID? And, and, and it doesn't make you an idiot to ask that question. And, you know, if... People want to say, look, I'm perfectly happy getting COVID after taking three shots, in fact, line me up for a fourth shot, and I, ha- I can't go to the hockey game, my kids can't go to school, they can't go whatever. That's up to them. But then the people that are saying, hey, wait a minute, Emperor has no clothes here. This isn't working. And I think that's the, the part that I'm amazed at, that people can't say, you know, collectively, just like we saw in different times in our history, to say, look, we've got to deal with this together. And we've got to stop the nonsense. The division is helping some people, but it doesn't help all people.
1: You mentioned uh, Neil Young. I have to ask you about that. Neil Young, the yeah. the former, well, not the former. He's still out there singing. He's in his mid to late 70s. Um, he came out and said that he wanted his music taken off of Spotify because Joe Rogan was on there uh, se- uh, sending out misinformation. Um, there, is, is Neil Young st- does he still matter in Canada? Because I always thought he was overrated as a as a, as a solo. But myself, I like him well, with you know what? Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. But
4: no, I think he's still you know I think he's still highly you know liked in Canada. I yeah. mean, everyone knows he's hardcore left, and you know he's big into global warming and all that all right. stuff. But but uh, you know, and he's certainly entitled to pull his music off if he doesn't want to be associated with somebody. But to shake your head at this because it's like, you know, this is the problem with with all these sort of communist kind of thinking people is that they really worry about what the other people are doing. Joe Rogan can you can turn him on or turn him off. That's Lots right. Of turn him on, um, and, and you can turn on. Uh, you know, Neil Young has been. I mean, he's been every song he's ever written has been controversial or political. So that's kind of yeah. who he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't, I, you know, I don't pay a lot of attention to stuff like that. I, I pay attention to empty grocery shelves, things like that. The rest of this stuff, like you know, Neil Young, it's a great topic. But at the end of the day, he's already backed off on that. And you know, they're not going to take Joe Rogan off. What does he have? Like, I, I forget what the number—eleven is. million. But, uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, and you know, the, the thing I like about Joe Rogan, and you do the same thing with your show, is it's like open form. You're not worried about. Stepping on things, he just Let's just talk about it. And obviously, there's limits to that, but yeah. it's not for men. And you can listen to it, or you can't listen. To it. That's what Howard Stern was famous for, too. Oh, he's
1: Howard he's going Stern. off the edge. He's he's an idiot now. He's a he's. Oh. Well, he's
4: he, he's basically part of what he hated before. Same with David Letterman did the same yeah. thing. and We've seen that before. Yeah. So the money does that. But yeah. but the reality is that Joe Rogan hasn't done that. I don't think Joe Rogan will change it i haven't seen alex jones uh, do very much lately i don't know if you you can't even mention those names in canada like those guys are when you mention rogan or jones to the canadian mindset uh, you know those those are real outliers but you know when you're in media you got to pay attention to all of it and i try to do that and i like listening to all sides of things
1: yeah hey joe um,
4: yeah I'm,
1: i'm out of time um but I hope that uh, the trucks end up in in uh, Trudeau's front yard, and I hope it all works out. And uh, we'll be talking to you again uh, soon. I'm sure.
4: Well, I'm going to be there, so maybe we'll talk soon.
1: All right, thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. All the best. We'll be right back.
5: With SRN
0: News, I'm John Scott. Justice Stephen Breyer planning to retire after nearly 30 years on the Supreme Court. The 83-year-old Breyer has been on the nation's high court since
6: 1993, and his expected departure will give President Biden the first Supreme Court pick of his presidency. Mr. Biden has pledged to nominate the first black woman to the court. No matter who is confirmed, it won't change the Supreme Court's current 6-3 conservative advantage. Greg Clugston. Washington.
0: The Federal Reserve signaling it plans to begin raising its benchmark interest rate as soon as March, a key step in reversing its pandemic era low rate policies that have fueled hiring and growth, but have also escalated inflation. On Wall Street now, the Dow is ahead 43 points and the NASDAQ is up 132. This is SRN News. I'm Andy.
6: If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous.
0: But 2022 is starting off with a bang with a new variant of COVID. More back and forth out of Washington and inflation at nearly 7%. Yeah, it might seem like we're off to another rough start. But hey, this is America and we will overcome. So stay positive and we'll get through this together. You'll see. This
1: will be a happy
0: new year. AM 1250, the answer.
1: Pitt Cycles is proud to be the new home of Pittsburgh Triumph. This is John Stogerwald and to celebrate, I'll be live on location February 3rd for the grand opening of the newly redesigned Pittsburgh Triumph showroom. Join me from 3 to 6 p.m. and check out the entire Triumph line, featuring over 30 bikes on the floor, including three models never before seen in this country. Then stick around for my live broadcast of the John Stogerwald Show at 5. It's all happening February 3rd. I have a feeling it's going to be a Triumph. Pittsburgh Triumph in Warrendale,
5: Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out more about this offer that's relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief feel the difference
0: am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer wpgp pittsburgh a division of salem media group listen on the answer mobile app smart speakers tune in iheart or odyssey stuck in traffic we've got the answer
1: A busy
3: Wednesday afternoon. Looks like a real slow go around outbound 51 between Edgebrook Avenue and Library Road. Speed's getting down to around 20 miles an hour there. Outbound Parkway East, that's pretty congested between Bates Street and Edgewood-Swissvale. On the Parkway West outbound, it's heavy from Banksville Road up to Carnegie. Some minor delays on 28 outbound between Route 8 and Delafield Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, The Answer. Weather.
3: Tonight will be clear and very cold. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a low of two. For tomorrow, increasing cloudiness and a high of 30. Tomorrow night, snow at times accumulating one to two inches. Watch for icy spots, the low 23. A little snow at times Friday accumulating a coating to an inch. Storm total snowfall one to three inches. We'll see a high of 26. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew
0: Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
1: Well, the Democrats are getting Justice uh, Stephen Breyer out while they're getting his good. They obviously know that they're going to lose the Senate in November, and they want to be able to have the confirmation hearings before then. Tom Jipping is a senior fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation, and he joins us now. Tom, thanks for coming on the show again. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So, uh, first of all, uh, what about the timing of this? There are reports that Breyer wasn't quite ready to leave but got lots of pressure from the Democrats.
2: Well, the far left of the democratic party was pressuring him to leave last year and I'm not surprised that he told them to pound sand and decided to do it at a different time. It is a little bit earlier than justices typically announce a retirement. Although I have no doubt that he's been discussing this with the Biden administration privately already. Um, but, you know, the, the, there's nobody more independent in the world than a Supreme Court justice in the United States. So who knows how he made the decision, but it was, you know, he who made it. So looks like there's time to appoint a replacement before the fall election. Uh,
1: that this the, What you just said there kind of makes me kind of wonder a little bit um, that you say that you're sure he's been talking to the Biden administration about it. Uh and you mentioned that they're supposed to be independent. How much of that goes on, or should go on, where the the, the Supreme Court justice is even having conversations with the president? Why should he? Shouldn't well, they?
2: Well, by that I mean only that uh, informing the administration of his plan to retire. That that's very common. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, it was reported even last year, in October, that he was already considering this is last term on the court. Uh, we don't know exactly when such communications take place, but we know that they do. Uh, and there's some utility in it. It, it. As we all know, it's a, it's a very c- complicated process. And uh, Justice Breyer just, you know, a couple months ago published a small book, uh, you know, making the case for having less politics affect the, the court and, and the process of appointing justices. So, I wouldn't be surprised if in his mind he thought, you know, a heads up to the administration might help dial down a little bit the uh, the kind of fireworks and all of that that we've seen lately.
1: So it's not like uh, Joe Biden calls him up so, one day and says, hey, you know what, Steve, uh, it would be really nice if you, you know, next uh, Wednesday uh, announced oh. your retirement.
2: Well, I, you know, I I can't say that I know that doesn't happen. Uh, I think it's been quite a while since there was at least a publicly acknowledged close, I mean, the the story about Abe Fortas back in the 60s was that, you know, he was actually meeting with uh, Lyndon Johnson, giving him advice on policy and all this kind of stuff. Nothing like that has happened since that we know of, but we, we just don't know what the private conversations are, but... Uh, it, n nobody can force a justice to retire, and I don't think anybody is forcing Breyer to do so.
1: I, I guess what I'm getting at here is I'm just wondering how much conversation is normal between the those two branches. And when certain cases are about to be heard, is there discussion uh, about, you know, can a, can a president talk to a justice and say, listen, uh we're going to be presenting our case next week. Uh, what do you think our best argument is? Right. Things well, like that. That. That,
2: would be, that would be completely off limits and, okay. and completely inappropriate. Uh, but you know, the on the lower courts, judges uh, with some frequency announce uh, that they will be leaving. You know, months, sometimes even more than a year in advance. And presidents are able to make nominations for these future vacancies. I, I think it, I think it can just as a matter of logistics. I think it can help the process be a little bit smoother. But what you're no, what you're suggesting that is completely out of bounds. And if that happens, that would be, in my opinion, grounds for impeachment of the justice.
1: And and so when when you are uh, in the ex- executive branch and you know that. A case is uh, pending and about to be heard. It's really up to you to have the best um, legal advice you can get uh, as far as trying to trying to make some kind of a prediction about how each justice is going to react to each one or all of your um, presentations in the hearing, and that's up to you to figure that out based on that justice's uh, uh,
2: history. Oh, sure. And, and look, when you're talking about the federal government, either the White House Counsel's Office or at the Justice Department, there's all kinds of smarty pants lawyers who clerk on the Supreme Court and have you know, lots of familiarity arguing before them. And uh, they, they, get, they get an abundance of, of good advice. At the end of the day, it's all speculation until the, the court actually you know, announces its decision uh, but they'd be foolish not to take advantage of as much expertise as they can in trying to be as effective before the Supreme Court as possible.
1: Well, President Biden has promised to appoint a black woman, and I guess today uh, Jen Saki uh, confirmed that that's going to happen. Uh, Kamala Harris's name has been thrown around already. Should anybody take that seriously?
2: Uh, no. Um, but i th- and I also think it was unfortunate for Biden to have he said that during the campaign back in 2020 that and of course at that time it was sort of a stop to the voters Andrew, to say right? yeah. you know yeah and i think that's really unfortunate i think taking any attention off of objective qualifications and uh the kind of justice that someone would be their judicial philosophy in other words and putting it on anything else especially demographics like race or sex uh, Biden had also said something to the effect of black women deserve to be represented on the court, yeah. which is just a bizarre, I, I think, very dangerous idea. Uh, I, I think it's very unfortunate, and it's and it's damaging to the judiciary to take the focus off of uh, the proper. Qualifications and, and put it on some of these sorts of politically correct things.
1: The ignorance uh, that that uh, is displayed when it comes to what you just mentioned is amazing to me. And I'm just a radio guy. Um, that that it's evolved to where you're you're expecting a Supreme Court justice instead of interpreting the Constitution, which is what he or she is there for. Um, they're they're supposed to be serving some kind of a constituency. It's yeah. it's beyond well, stupid.
2: Well, well, it's also very dangerous. We are moving in a very dangerous direction. I think, you know, you you say you're just a radio guy, but look, most of our fellow citizens of just basic common sense know that judges are supposed to be impartial. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to pick winners and losers, and the ends don't justify the means. People know that. And yet, uh, our entire justice system is built on that kind of a premise and that, that kind of a principle. Uh, but yet we're moving away from that to the intentional politicizing of the judicial branch. And look, if, if, if the scales of justice aren't balanced, if the, if if one side's thumb, you know, is on that scale, or or decisions are rigged by the judge's own politics, uh, we're in deep trouble as far as uh, the rule of law, as far as our Basic rights are concerned, and as far as our freedom is concerned, this this is a a, a dangerous development. And yet, I don't think it's over. I think the far left is pushing in that direction, and they want Biden to go as far as possible.
1: Yeah, and it kind of is. It's kind of the same thing that um, with with a when there's a uh, a well-publicized court case, and you hear people talking about the number of African Americans on the jury because an African American. Um, The person is being tried. And it it completely defeats the whole idea of what's supposed to be going on there, which is that it doesn't matter what color my skin is. I'm supposed to listen to the evidence and I'm supposed to make a decision based on the uh, the, the evidence that I hear. Nothing to do with my constituency. It's it's ridiculous.
2: You may remember in in 2010 when uh President Obama appointed Sonia Sotomayor to the Supreme Court. Yeah. She had given these, this speech where she was talking about a wise Latina judge yeah. would render better decisions than a white male judge. Yeah, And this is exactly the issue that that sparked. And, of course, they, they tried to backpedal that. But this is exactly what it, what it's about. People... People's perception about the impartiality of the judiciary is increasingly determined by by whether the by the race of the judge, by the sex of the judge, by all of these things, other than whether the judge applied the law fairly and impartially. And uh, you know that that's moving in the wrong direction as far as the judicial branch is concerned.
1: Is it the same kind of thinking that uh, gets people to believe that packing the court is a good idea? It is, and it's also the
2: reason that they want to pack the court. Uh, that that sort of look. The de- the Declaration of Independence lists all kinds of bad things that the King of England did that justified us starting a new country. Two of the items on that list had to do with the independence of the courts. It's that important, and that's why we have judges, our federal judges, who don't have specific terms of office, and why Congress can't cut their pay. But that idea of an independent judiciary that's separate from the from political manipulation uh, is at the heart of our judicial system that's been the envy of the world for, for more than 200 years. And I hope we don't lose it.
1: Talking to Tom Jipping, he's a senior fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation. In case you haven't heard, uh, Stephen Breyer, uh, I don't know if he announced it himself, but the word is out that he's uh, going to retire. Um and uh, you, you sort of dismissed uh, Kamala Harris immediately when I brought her name up. Why shouldn't she be taken seriously?
2: Well, I, I don't think it's in the, uh, of course, the Biden administration is not taking advice from me, but I don't think it's in their interest to further politicize, overtly politicize, uh, this kind of a uh, uh, this process and that's exactly what that would do he he has a number of choices of of black women who he's appointed to the federal courts already or that are serving in, in state supreme courts who, who would clearly come across to most Americans as more qualified legitimate uh, candidates but Kamala Harris I mean I know it, it's possible they want to somehow Get rid of her as a, as vice president because she's certainly messing that up a lot. But um, I don't think uh, I don't think putting her on the Supreme Court or, or nominating her to the Supreme Court would be. It might not even be successful. I think you might even get a couple of Democrats to say, you know, that's just a, a bridge too far. But um, but I don't think it'll happen.
1: And she is kind of uh, a perfect example of what happens when you. Appoint somebody based solely on their gender or their race. She's a lightweight. She's a, she's proven herself to be almost incapable of stringing together two or three coherent sentences. Almost worse well, than her boss.
2: You know, historically, the you know it used to be that if you want to basically uh, put someone on the shelf, elect them vice president because it's a it's it, it's an office that doesn't really require or involve much of anything. And she's still doing such a terrible job. um, They can't seem to find a role for her that, that actually makes her look competent and an adult, you know? Um, So I can see where there'd be, and, and I do know from experience that over these next days, you'll, you'll hear, you know, names floated here and there, they'll come out of the white house, they'll be reported here and there. The, it, every administration who has a Supreme Court vacancy to fill intentionally floats lots of balloons, most of which uh, uh, weren't serious to begin with. The, the The challenge is to sort out the ones that are. But I think there's a I think there's a short list here. He said he's going to appoint a black woman. Uh, he's appointed a couple of black women to the U.S. Court of Appeals, who uh, I think are probably front runners. There's a couple of, of black women on the on state Supreme Courts who are, you know, fill out the short list. Beyond that, I, I think they're just uh, trial balloons that aren't going to go very far.
1: I think Breyer was confirmed 94 to 6 uh, back in 1994. That's never yeah. going to happen again, is it?
2: No, it's not. Uh, and, and, you know, that break with tradition began with the, the Trump administration. Before, before Donald Trump was elected, no senator of one party voted against more than 14% of the judicial nominees from a president of the other party. Trump gets elected. A majority of Democrats voted against a majority of Trump nominees. It's just a radical break uh, to put the focus solely on partisanship. And and unfortunately, I think that's the track that we're now on. Uh, Those days of, focusing on objective qualifications and understanding that the Constitution gives the power to appoint judges to the president, not to the Senate. I think those days are over.
1: Talking to uh, Tom Jipping, finishing up here, senior fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation. Last thing, uh, Breyer's been uh, referred to as a pragmatist. Is pragmatism going to be allowed on the Supreme Court anytime soon?
2: Well, I'm not sure what people mean by that label. I would not call him that. But if that's what he is, I don't think that's a compliment. Judges aren't. Well, a pragmatist is somebody who sort of figures out
1: Mm -hmm.
2: how to solve a problem and how to kind of change this and change that to put together. That's not what judges are supposed to do. Judges are supposed to interpret and apply written law, the Constitution, statutes, and regulations to solve uh, to settle legal disputes. That's what to solve problems or figure out a solution to this, that, and the other thing. That's what we elect people for. So, you know, if, if he is a pragmatist, I don't think that makes him a good judge. <laughs> Frankly, I think we need somebody who follows the prescription of America's founders and the job description they gave us rather than... Uh, you know, a problem solver, and we don't need those on the bench.
1: Yeah, well, that, that makes a way too much sense, Tom. I, I appreciate <laughs> you, you uh, coming on the show, and uh, it's great analysis for us. Thank you.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, that's Tom Jipping of the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. So have you quit smoking yet? Uh, and if you haven't, then uh, have you been listening to the show here and hearing me talk about com? Maybe you're puffing on a cigarette right now as you're listening to this, uh, and you've been talking about wanting to quit. This is the way to do it. It's a science-based approach. It has a quit rate of 70%. Seven out of ten uh, uh, people have been able to quit. It works not just with cigarettes, but with all tobacco products, including vaping and smokeless. And what they do is they measure your nicotine levels with a urine test to customize your treatment so that you don't feel miserable in the process of quitting. And now for a limited time, you can get expert tobacco coaching free with a nicotine test purchase. Their experts guide you with tips and secrets, and you are able to quit. Seven out of ten people have been able to quit. That's a great percentage. If you have questions, call my nicotine test at one 45 smoke. That's one eight hundred forty-five S M O K E. Leave a message if all tobacco counselors are busy, and if you're not a smoker, order a gift card for someone who is. Mynicotinetest.com.
0: AM 1250, The Answer. The Hugh
1: Hewitt Show. All right, Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. He may be the world's best-selling novelist. Brit
6: Ken Follett
2: joined me to talk
6: about his riveting new thriller,
2: Never. Never is in bookstores now, but mostly I see it on airplanes and with people who've got it at the beach and everywhere else they go. Never is just one of those Follett must-reads. And I talked to the author, Ken Follett, on the next Hugh Hewitt Show.
0: Hugh Hewitt. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, on AM 1250, The Answer.
1: This is John Stagerold. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with my pillow towels that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the storage, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found out that around 2006 towels changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA, and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton. They come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. You can get a six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent, regularly 109.99, now 3999. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials.
0: This is the John Stacker Walt Show. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
1: Hey, I want to remind you a week from tomorrow? Yeah, a week from tomorrow. Today's Wednesday, right? Next Thursday, I will be at Pitt Cycles in Warrendale, uh, right next to Jurgles. uh, You can see their redesigned Triumph showroom. I'll be up there from 3 to 6. We're going to do the show from up there. They're going to have some uh, motorcycles there that have never been seen uh, before and uh, they'll be unveiling their redesigned Triumph showroom. So come on up and check us out at Pit Cycles in Warrendale right next to Jurgles. Uh, I got about a minute left. I I I just what we talked about with um, Tom Jipping. It, it amazes me that, that people have become so stupid when it comes to judges. Where they where you you'll hear a politician, someone in a in a position of real power when they talk about a judge, uh, you know, when it, when an opening occurs and they're talking about possible nominees and they'll say things like, yeah, we need to get a woman on. We need more women on there. Uh, you don't need any. You don't need more women. You don't need more white men. You don't need more uh, black men. You don't need Asian men. You need people who are are supposed to interpret the Constitution. It's not supposed to matter who your constituency is or who you think your constituency is. The job is about looking at the Constitution and interpreting it. Now, there could be discussions and arguments about how it should be interpreted, but it should have nothing to do with what sex you are or what color your skin is. People need to get over it. And you know what? There's no chance of that happening. And You'll be seeing it soon when they start trying to find a a new judge for Mr. Breyer. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
0: The John Staggerwalt Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.